Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Real Thoughts with Chris. Yes, I am officially back. Due to the long time I've been gone, because of phone, my phone having an issue with it, to work, and to my wedding, which is actually nine days from today. I, everything's kind of settling down, so I'm able to kind of come back to this. You know, I've really been wanting to do it, especially since it's October and I had that big kind of Halloween thing planned, but I'm going to still review a couple horror movies here and there. It sucks because I kind of wanted to do a bunch of them, but maybe next year, I guess. So thank you all for listening, and <laughs> I'm finally back, baby. <laughs> so I actually got quite a few things today. I do want to finish my Predator series, so I'm going to be doing reviewing the 2018 Predator. I know it's kind of late, but kind of said I wanted to finish it off and I'm going to another thing another movie I'm going to review actually I'm doing a two for today is the house with a clock within its walls I'll tell you yeah yeah the house with a clock within its walls it's really weird it's still in theaters so I'm a little bit closer on this one and then to round up today with a video game review I'm going to be reviewing payday 2 for ps4 xbox one and pc and for you ps4 owners just want to let you guys know that if you haven't noticed that or haven't really paying attention, Friday the 13th, the video game, is on PlayStation 4, and it is free for this month as the PlayStation uh, Plus member. It is a very fun game. There are some glitches, and I think they're going to start adding content since that whole rights court case has finished, so we might be expecting some new items. Possibly. Hopefully, they were almost done with the Jason X map and Jason X character himself for us to play as. So, hopefully, that comes about. It is a very fun game. There is a single player component to it now if you haven't played it yet. Because I know when it first came out, it was multiplayer only, and a lot of people stayed away from it for that reason. But yes, they have added single player and challenges to it too. So, it is a good pickup for free. You will definitely have fun if you love. Friday the 13th. Now, let's get this podcast underway. But first, one of you lovely listeners, I'm going to give your name out, hope you're okay with that, uh, Bill Stout actually made me a intro for it, so I'm going to let that play, and then I'll be right back with the review of The Predator 2018. Thank you again, Bill Stout, for that really good intro. Now, to get into the Predator 2018, the most disappointing movie I think I have seen this year. There might be a couple other ones coming out, but for so far, so far, this has been the most disappointing. Anyways, the director is Shane Black. Obviously, I think it was Hawkins he played in the original Predator with Arnold. But he also has directed Iron Man 3, which I know kind of sucked. But he has done some good, movie, uh, good movies, such as Nice Guys with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. 
pretty much the plot of the movie is a young boy gets a hold of Predator Tech and sends a signal to them to have them come to our planet. Yeah, that's if you're kind of groaning, yeah, that's the plot. So I'm not, uh, well, I'm going to give some, that's pretty much the overall plot, but there is some back story to it. Originally, the movie pretty much opens up with, let's go, Predator A is being attacked by Predator B. Predator A is this weird tech predator. Predator B is a super predator. Anyways, Predator A shoots a wormhole kind of thing, pops up on Earth, crashes, tech gets sent to the boy. Boy activates the sink, activates the tech. So Predator B comes to the planet to kill Predator A because there is a subplot in the movie where it talks about the Predators conquering planets and that their next target is Earth because we're polluting so much it's uh, making a suitable habitat for them so Predator A is coming was on its way to give us tech to help fight off Predator B even though throughout the whole course of the movie Predator A murders everybody in sight even though he came here to help us do you kind of get what I'm saying? The movie sounds really confusing and kind of stupid. It, it is confusing and stupid. I'm not really going to go through the actors. I mean, the only one I can really think of, and I can't even remember his name, because I remember most of the movie character names. I don't remember from this, because they're not they're all the same almost. It's But the main character we follow through is the same guy from Logan. I can't remember his character's name, but he was the one with the bionic arm. He's okay in this movie, but yet again, like I said, he just kind of clumps into his little group he has that is, I'm not going to, my friend told me it, and the more I thought about it, the more it kind of made sense. In a way, this movie is kind of like Suicide Squad, if you think about it. There's a problem the government can't handle. So a ragtag group of crazy people go in to deal with the problem. Get it? <laughs> it's pretty much that without the music. So going from the actors, the actor that you sorely know, yeah, it's pretty much the whole story. I mean, that's the plot. It's it's a bad movie. I really I have I wrote down some pros and cons for it, so I'm going to go over those, and the sense pros are the costume for the uh, Predator A, which is like is really good um, I know throughout the course of the movies the Predators themselves are very personalized, the first one being a jungle hunter, so it's, you know, kind of more savage looking, second one being a city hunter, so he's more clean cut, but he still has a bit of savageness, but he's not, you know, dirty and everything, in the sense of the jungle hunter and then with the AVP films, they're all nice and kind of clean-looking armor. But then again, they're rookies. This one is more into tech. So he's all, you know, decked out in, like, a different-looking mask. It, looks, it is more um, optimized for his predator hunt, uh, predator the style, really. I mean, he uses tech quite a bit in the movie. So that is, just, you know, it's a good costume. Predator B, which is the super predator, is all in CGI. So, because he's like, I think, I think a predator is almost seven foot, 
So the, I think the super is like eight or like he's massive. He dwarfs everybody. But the AI sorely, the CGI sorely leads into the pro, uh, cons of this film. It is awful. The CGI on the fake the super predator is god awful. The predator dogs look terrible. Even the blood that they use in the beginning of the film, when Predator A crash lands, looks terrible. It just, it really sticks out when it's there. Another thing that is really bad about this movie that is a con, is like I said with the plot that doesn't make any sense and is very just confusing, is I don't know if this was a problem with every theater or if it was just my theater, so I'm not going to really count it as a con, but it's, or yeah, con, but it's still there for me. Is that for some reason this movie, if you guys remember AVP Requiem and how dark that movie was, this movie was very dark in itself. There were some scenes I literally could not see. And most of this film takes place at night, so there were large chunks where you just couldn't see shit. And the scene there's one scene in particular at the beginning where you can't see anything. But that's one of them. But there's another scene where they're doing another kind of it's supposed to be a tense moment because they're working through the jungle. Or not jungle, it's a forest, because I think the movie takes place in, like, Upper California, I think. But, there in the night, the Super Predator is hunting down this, you know, the group, picking them off one by one, and it is so damn dark, they have their flashlights on, and that doesn't help. Somehow it makes the movie even darker, I don't get it. It was just a dark movie. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it was just from my theater that I went and seen it in, if that was a problem, or if it was a problem with all the like every you know copy of the movie. Another thing with the movie that <laughs> this is gonna sound stupid, but of course from the trailers you guys know that Keegan Michael Key was in the movie. He's supposed to be like the sporadic guy who makes wisecracking jokes. He is single-handedly the most annoying character in the whole damn movie almost every single thing this guy says is a joke and it never sticks besides the one that's in the trailer you know where he's talking to his little buddy that um i think he has not tourette's i can't is it tourette's i can't remember but he's talking to me he says oh if your mom's vagina was ready to eat you know if your mom's vagina was rated a bit like a video game it'd be e for everyone like, that's the only joke that's even kind of funny in the trailer ruins it, because it was said in the trailer. So, but everything else is just shitty, shitty jokes from him. Pretty much the whole, like, crew makes shitty, shitty, like, really shitty jokes. Um, there was one guy who's, like, a religious nut job who tries to make jokes, but then it counteracts by Keegan's character making fun of him for making jokes. And then it goes from the guy from Logan making jokes about Keegan-Michael Key making fun of the other, the religious guy for making jokes. And then this one guy looks like 50 Cent is making jokes at the Logan guy for making jokes of Keegan's jokes. Yeah, it's just, see what I'm going at? It's just them consistently making jokes at each other, even though it makes no damn sense. Some of the care, some of the actions these guys do are completely freaking stupid. I'll give a good scene. This is towards the end of the movie. They're on uh, the guy from Logan, the religious nut job, and the 50 cent lookalike are on top of the predator ship that's taking off. And the predator activates the shield. They don't know what it's going to do. But then they realize it cuts stuff in half if you're not, you know, if you're not on top of it or below the shield. 
So the Logan guy ducks underneath. The 50 Cent guy jumps up above it so he's on top of it. And the religious guy sees both of them doing this. And he just stands there and shoots it. And then the thing closes, cuts his leg off, and he flies off the ship because they're taking off. And then not only that... But in the next damn scene right there, they're still on the ship. And the guy just died and got blown off. The, they try to figure out how to way to stop the ship. The only thing they realize is that the shield, the engine is not shielded. So instead of the 50 cent guy, who clearly has a damn grenade on his chest that he hasn't used yet, decides to swan time bomb into the damn engine and kills himself. <laughs> That's the kind of like stuff we're dealing with here that makes no damn sense um another one is the predator dogs in the movie are sent by the super predator to kill the team and the normal predator predator a they have a fight with the predators predator dogs they kill one of them and then the second one they shoot it in the head but doesn't kill it and instead of it running back to the owner like you know the super it stays and fights with the group I don't know. <laughs> a lot of the people in the theater when that happened started booing. I, it was so out of left field. I don't understand why why he stayed. Was it they got him in the right spot and he just kind of, you know, went a little, meant you know, and stayed? Or if it was kind of like, oh, you guys didn't kill me. You're not going to. I'm just going to stay with you, even though I just seen you blow up my, you know, the, uh, my companion, in a sense, that, that's, yeah, they do some dumb things, another thing I really want to touch on that made the whole theater laugh, is in the beginning of the movie, the Logan guy gets a piece of predator tech, it's this ball that if pressed makes you go invisible, well, he drinks it, like, he puts it in a shot glass, I guess he eats it, he puts it and uh, I think Tequila and then drinks it down so people don't know what's on him. Well, later in the movie, this is, takes place like four days later. This bad guy's captured his son. It's pretty much some plot stuff you don't care about. Anyway, his son gets captured. He's got to go get his son back and fight the Predator. Right before they go to, he makes his face. You hear his stomach groan. He's like, oh, hold on. I'll be right back. And then he goes and takes his shit. They make a poop joke in the movie. They make a damn poop joke in this movie about badass aliens. I'm not kidding. He makes like that face you see people who like the memes. Like, <sighs> trying to figure out a good one to use. I think this is one. This one. I can't. I don't know the guy's name, but it's from The Office, and it's the black guy's face. Usually, like when you see something funny, and his eyes are like poking out of his head. Is he gives that look and you hear, and he's like, and he says, "Hold on, I'll be right back." And he goes, "It's so stupid," and yet they hold on it for so long. Ugh. God, what happened to the predator? The only other good con- like pro I can think about. I know I went from pro to con to pro, but I forgot to mention this: is that they do make callbacks to the other movies. Um, there is a secret service in a sense. That kind of tracks predators and knows about them coming back to Earth, and has actually captured has gear from the first Predator movie. You see the gun that was in the second movie, 
And then they actually have the spear from AVP. So Alien vs. Predator technically takes place in this timeline from that kind of gear. The spear with the alien tail, you know, wrapped around it is in the movie. So it does take place in the same universe, apparently. Which all the other movies have kind of, just, I don't think, stated that that's ever happened. So that's kind of weird. But I'm not going to go into continuity errors with that. Another thing is that they use lines from other movies. But they do it in unique ways that are supposed to be funny. Like, their crew are trying to get away. This is when they first, they're on the bus and they see the Predator. They're trying to figure out how to get, get away. And Logan character says, get to the choppa. What happens is they don't get in a helicopter. They get on motorcycles. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We didn't think you were going to go with that. Yeah, they do that. They make fun of lines. Another one is, sorry for my language, but in the you know movies, they always say, you ugly motherfucker. They say that in all the movies in reference to the Predator. Well, this one girl happens to think they're just like unique creatures. So instead of saying ugly, she says, beautiful motherfucker. Really, just, just stop. It, they do that a lot in this movie. Honestly... I don't know if I want the Predator franchise to continue, if it's going to keep going down this road and then it's getting crappier. Sadly, I, another thing is that I don't want Shane Black directing the next one. I don't know what happened with this. I know there was reshoots, but the thing that it's disappointing in the sense is because you can see that where there was going to be a good movie. I mean, from that script I read where Arnold was supposed to be in it and then Donald... Or Danny Glover. Was it Danny or Donald? Anyways, they were going to be back in the movie, you know, kind of making like a task force. That would have been awesome. But so we got this. One of the worst movies of 2018 for right now, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I think it's only, I think it bombed at the box office, if I read right, I think. I mean, it didn't do really good. It has a very low Rotten Tomato score from what I've seen. So, yes. That is my review on The Predator 2018. A very disappointing film. And one that I would not recommend even the most diehard Predator fan to see. It makes terrible jokes. The plot is just confusing and awful. The weird, the annoying-ass character of Michael Keyes. Or Keegan-Michael Key. Just, there's more pro, there's more cons than pros. And this movie is definitely a very sad disappointment. Now from there we will go... Two, the house with a clock within its walls. I'm not going to cut it and then, you know, do my sound, my transition. I'm just going to let this one be kind of a two-parter. Then I'll do the transition for the video game. Now, the house with a clock within its walls is actually directed by Eli Roth. His first family film and his, fir his first family, his first non-R-rated, and his first literature work adapted to a movie. Yes, this is a lot of first for Eli Roth. And it's wishy-washy. I have to say, it's... I wouldn't say it's a terrible movie. I wouldn't say it's a great movie. It is right in the middle. It's not mediocre in the least, but it's like a step above mediocre. It's... I'd say good. It's all, like, all right to good. The plot for the movie is a young boy by the name of Lewis... He moves in with his mysterious uncle after his parents die. Throughout the movie, 
or through a series of events, sorry, through a series of events, um, he ends up aiding his uncle in the search for a house or in search for <laughs> in search of a clock within the walls of the magical house that they live in, along with their assistant. Now, the movie in itself has quite a bit of uniqueness to it. But anyway, before I get into all that, I'm going to go through the actor list, which I'm just going to do the three main that you stick with. Uh, Jack Black plays Jonathan, the uncle. Uh, Kate Blanchett, I think how you pronounce her name, uh, plays Florence, Jonathan's kind of friend slash assistant. And then Owen Vaccaro, I think it's really weirdly pronounced. He plays Lewis, the young boy. The pros for the movie, I'm going to kind of do the pro-con thing first to get it out of the way, is that the CGI in this movie is very good. Way better than what I was when I was seeing Predator. Some of it kind of kind of dips into the uh, bad part, but other than that, it's uh, really handled well. I'd have to say there was one cool thing I like to see in this movie, and there is this steel. It's like a, a steel. It's this pane glass window that will change on a day to day basis. One day it's uh, cowboys, and it'll actually move, and then or then one day it's ships on the sea and it'll move and it's a very cool effect and it looks really neat another thing is that the magic in the film is very wonderful and kind of creative how they do it the whole house in itself is magical um their pet the chair that people would sit in is <laughs> kind of takes the place of a dog you know it'll weirdly bark how it kind of is like the guard dog to itself also he has a <laughs> grass statue uh, not grass but uh like shrubs cut in statues, and one of them is of a giant griffin. It's kind of neat. I think it's a griffin. It's, no, griffin's the, I think it's a griffin. Another thing is that the house is very Halloween-shaped, too. Uh, not shaped, but it's very, it has a bunch of kind of Halloween-ish uh, decorations to it. And it gives a good reason as of their deal with keeping bad magic out, which this movie goes against in the sense of pumpkins are there to keep evil spirits away. It's so, in front of the house, there's just a giant pumpkin patch and they're all carved. It's kind of cool. Also, you know, horseshoes, because I think it's iron. Yeah, iron keeps away spirits too, so the whole like front porch is just nailed with iron uh, horseshoes. And from there, the character's progression also is a pro for Lewis, because he goes from not believing into it, because he's very... He sees things kind of black and white, like this happens for this reason, this happens for this reason, and through the, you know, Jonathan showing him how magic happens, he kind of changes, and it's very nice. And he is somewhat likable. He does kind of, uh, Owen Vaccaro as Lewis. He has some good acting. He does okay in some parts. Some parts he's kind of bad in, but that's kind of how it goes with kid actors. And going from the pros to the cons is the first thing is this movie was marketed as a kid's movie that parents probably wouldn't want to watch, but it's not really a kid's movie. I'd say you wouldn't let your, like, you know, super young kids, maybe from five to six watch this, but maybe up in that age range of like nine to ten, you know, in there. Because this movie deals with Satan and demons. There is a subplot, or not a subplot, but it's part of the main plot with the clock within the walls was made, was created by one of Jonathan's old assistants who was in World War II, got lost in the Black Forest, found a demon 
because he summoned a demon through the help of Satan. It's, it's really weird. But there was also not a lot of cussing, but there is some cussing. And it seems very adult in some points. You know, I think Kate Blanchett's character, if I remember right, had a miscarriage and that deals with that. I can't remember. It's it's not it's been a while since I've seen the movie. And I still have to and some of these notes are kinda of old, so I'm sorry. Also another con is that some of the plot points are just kinda of dropped and don't make any sense. Um one is that Lewis friends another kid at school and the kid has his arm his his arms broke. Well the other kids tell him that once he, you know, heals, he's gonna go back to his old ways as being kind of a dick. Well, he does. Lewis tries to befriend him and does some stuff that gets him in trouble to befriend him. But the kid just keeps being a dick and they don't really address how Lewis deals with it until the very end of the movie. Another one is that his mother's, you know, his parents have died. Well, his mother comes to him in dreams, which aren't really dreams because he's awake in the world and he knows that the house is magical by this point. And doesn't say anything to John, and doesn't say anything to his uncle about it, knowing that there's sort of a nefarious force out in the world trying to regain something from the house. He doesn't tell Jonathan that that could help, you know, in conquering the evil. I don't know if it's because he's a little kid, if that's a good defense, but it's just it's very odd when you think about it. And he could have said, I'm seeing my mom is what's going on. Is the house messing with me? And, you know, they could have figured out what was going on instead of it just not really having an impact. Other than that, there's really not much I have to say about this film. And it was very good. I would highly recommend it. I highly recommend watching it for the first time. I don't know about after that. I wouldn't say it's... It's very... Trying to think, I wouldn't say it's a good maybe Halloween movie because how the there's you know pumpkins and things like that deal with the off you know fall season. I mean, if you do end up loving it, I would say it's kind of in the same thing as I wouldn't say Paranorman. I'd say it's like right below Paranormal. Paranormal was good, there were some issues with it, but it was still a good movie in overall. It's kind of in that kind of spot. So I'd keep it there. It is a good movie. I would say it's kind of a movie you would watch around the fall season. But with that being said, that is my review for The Predator and The House with the Clock Within Its Walls. I'm going to cut and do my transition for Payday 2. Thank you for listening. Hello everybody and welcome back from the transition. Now this is for my review over Payday 2, the Crime Wave edition. This was released for PS4 and Xbox One, also PC. This game was originally released on the PS3 and Xbox One, coming in, coming from I think 2013. Yeah, so 2013. <laughs> Alright, so the plot of this game is it's, it's a high sim. It follows the bank robbers from the last game, Dallas Change Wolf Chains. Wolf and Hoxton, sorry about that, as they head to DC to commit more crimes. Now I'm going to get through the graphics first, is that this game is locked in at 30 FPS and there's really nothing home to write about, granted this game is 5 years old. 
There is some screen tearing. Also, there is some really ugly character models. I'm just going to say it. It's kind of awful looking. Now to the controls. The gunplay is somewhat better than the last gen. Where originally on Xbox 360 and PS3, if you aim down the sights, everything kind of looked a little mucky and muddy. It's been improved now, so aiming down sights and the gunplay is a lot better. It doesn't feel like you're shooting bullets out of a wet paper bag over, you know, your enemies. I'm going to do the pros and cons of the game, and then I'm going to go kind of a general consistence of some things that are an issue with the game and some positives. So the first con is that your AI team, when in single player, is absolutely dumb. They will always try to Rambo in at every moment. And by that, I mean the game goes when you go through a loud heist, which is when, say, you go into a bank, guns blazing. The game, it'll do kind of a wave situation where the cops will attack you in a swarm and then kind of back off, giving you a few moments of breathing room to load up on ammo, health, maybe start hauling out loot to your van. In the moments where the cops are at their most, like at their peak attack, when you have SWAT officers coming at you with shields and things, these guys will run out there with no sense of self-preservation and start blowing everybody away while taking so much damn damage. There has been times where my AI partners because I have played in single player quite a bit, will run up to a shield unit which cannot take damage except from these sides and will sit there and unload round after round, emptying magazine after magazine into these guys, taking on a shit ton of fire to get themselves downed, having me run out there or the AI, the other AI run out there to save them and themselves getting gunned down and both my teammates down. This is very bad, especially on the higher difficulty when a few shots and or well one place sniper bullet can put the whole team down because they can go through targets depending on what difficulty you're playing on. Another thing is, the second con to the game is that there is no, no host migration in your online matches. For those of you who don't know, say if you're in an online match and say me and you were playing, I'm the host. Say I were to leave due to a connection issue or I just decided to quit playing the game, the game would then stop, find a new host with a good connection and go to them. This game does not have that. This game, say me and you are playing and I decide to quit or connection sucks so we all get booted, the game stops for everybody and you can lose your progress. There are, I think two different types of kind of wave-based survival missions. One is called cook-off and the other one is called lab rats and these are the situations where you're cooking meth. This can go on as for as long as you feel like. I had spent 45 minutes in this match with people and I have earned enough XP to go up I think eight levels and I had earned enough cash to buy new weapons. The host quit because of just, I think we all lost due to connection issues. I lost 45 minutes of my life in that situation. I can't get back because, I mean, I really get for playing a game, you can't get back anyways. But that's 45 minutes wasted because I didn't get any progression and I didn't get any money for it, me to upgrade weapons, which kind of sucks. 
Also, another the third thing that is wrong with this game, I don't know if it's just because I have bought it digitally, and if you have, you know, you decide to buy it digitally, I have had quite a few um, crashes. I don't know if it's digital, like I said, or if it's both for physical and digital, but I have crashed multiple times on multiplayer servers. Also, a few times on single player, it'll just randomly... Especially, it's when shit hits the fan, pretty much. Like, when the cops are, you know, attacking in their wave format. And if it's on higher difficulty, because more cops will spawn in. And I don't know if it's just because, like I said, if it's digital and, you know, it's going through, it's just gives, it just gives up. And the fourth thing I want to talk about with cons, I know I'm going kind of a 1, 2, 3, 4 list, but there are five things, so this is my, the fourth. Some maps, I'm sorry, but are just straight mental in their level design. Example, this game has very many crossover titles, which I will go into later as a pro, because there's some things. The one con is that they did a crossover with Goat Simulator, which you don't know what that is, it's just kind of a dumb game. Anyways, <laughs> this example is that they give you a city to work with, and you have to find 15 goats that have cocaine in them. The level design, they give you a car, so you can drive around the city. You can only, there are 15 goats you have to take, like, grab. The car can only carry three at a time. And through this, the goats can sometimes be in buildings that are on fire, on top of poles, just anywhere. And it is mental because there is no cover. You are taking fire the whole fucking time. Sorry about that, but you are taking fire the whole time. It gets frustrating. Especially on higher difficulties, which, like I said, sniper bullets can take you out in one clean shot if they get a headshot on you. You can lose, like I said, quite a bit, and it's annoying. Another, I think another one that is a very, very difficult heist, if I can remember right, is some of the stealth heist, but that's not mental and map design. It is just a bug that this game has. There are some, it has quite a few bugs, but there's this one bug I've noticed that say there are stealth options you can go in stealthily well i have played multiple matches of the same map it is called shadow raid where you're enter uh you're going into a warehouse to steal loot uh you know money gold things like that i've had multiple times where i've been in an area by myself where nobody has been around shot an officer so i you know i could take care of a guard you know, you know as soon as the bullet impacts with his skull the whole warehouse is on alert. Like, they know where I'm at. They know my position. I have guards running at me from every angle and cops on their way. So, I don't... That's Those are kind of paired in the four category. The five is that... The fifth con with the game is that some heists are absolutely useless. Um, you start off low level. You know, this game has a leveling system. You level from 1 to 100, and then you do it again. Well... The first mission, you know, you can do will gain you enough XP to go up to, you know, one level or two levels. If you start and if you do a mission, which say they have a difficulty ranking, the more difficult, the high, you know, higher the difficulty, the more XP you get and the more cash you get back. If you go into an online game and say somebody is playing a, I don't know, tier three hardness on a mission and you're a level, level one, it's going to be a difficult time for you. But you will level up almost, I think I did one and I leveled up almost 20 levels. It makes some highs completely 
like there's no reason to play him. Especially the low tier heist, even on higher difficulties. There's no reason to play him, because... Why waste your time on a heist where you're going to get less, you know, XP and less cash to buy items with when you can just keep doing the same heist over and over again and get more money or do a better heist than that to get more money and more XP. So some heists are completely just, you know, useless. they're just there to be there. They're just kind of taking up space, really. It sucks, but... That's my one problem. That's another problem I have with the game. Now to go go to pros. There, I have a couple pros written down. The first pro is that there is a ton of customization in the game. There is a ton of masks. I didn't catch the number of them in total. And there, are, there's a ton of masks you can customize with varying colors, patterns, and materials ranging from like carbon fiber to this one that looks like a mushroom cloud exploding. On, you know, it has like the vibrancy of a mushroom cloud. There's one that's like 80s disco theme, like laser light effects, not on the mask, but like reds and greens and things like that you can use on the color. So it's pretty, there's pretty, it's pretty extensive for mask uh, customization. Same for guns, you have your standard, you know, pistols, shotguns, light machine guns, assault rifles, and you have special weapons such as crossbows, snipers rocket launchers, flamethrowers, things like that, a minigun at one point. You can't, I don't think you can put camos on them, but you can add detachments. So for like an assault rifle, you can put a foregrip, an extended mag, you know, laser sight, different sights, you can customize the butt, the stock, the grip, um, ammo type for shotguns, you can use slugs, armor piercing rounds, armor piercing slugs, I mean, Dragon fire ammo, so you can set your opponents on, you know, the cops on fire. Things like that. You can also customize the muzzle. So you get a ton of customization for all your weapons. Another thing that I really love with the game is that it hooks you in. Um, I know there's kind of seem like I have more cons than I do with pros, but it's going to be weird. So with the, the match I previously stated with Cookoff, where you're kicking myth, every time you collect a bag, it'll bring up like how much you earn from it. And seeing that's just kind of like a boost and it just it grabs you because you'll be doing a kind of like a shitty heist and you're having like your ass completely handed to you every single step of the way. But then seeing like your loot rack up and seeing that you're gonna go up so many levels and get so much cash for you to buy weapons, it really hooks you in. Where there was a time where I only had like a thousand dollars I could use to going up from seeing that I only had a thousand to almost three million dollars I made in like one heist and it's really catching seeing that knowing that you can always go up in cash and as fast as you win cash you can lose it fast it's just kind of like it's not really gambling and it's kind of gambling in a sense I was gonna say not really but it is kind of like that you just keep seeing that money raised but only know it can lower only know it can raise back again and my third con or my third pro with the game, sorry about that, I had to write a cat, I was being bad. The third pro I have with the game is that all stages are randomly generated. So, you can do one heist, but it won't be like that again each time. Um, guard rotation will change, number of guards in the bank can change, or an area can change. The vault location, I think I said it, the vault location can change. The, how many uh, comps come at you can change. Also, special units of comps can change. I'll give an example. 
there was a game I was playing on the fourth tier difficulty of the game. There is a certain group called, uh, a certain enemy type called a cloaker, which is a SWAT officer decked out in all black gear with uh, night vision goggles on. He can down you instantly in one hit. Well, this game, I only dealt with him, I only dealt with this certain enemy type maybe three times in the 30 minutes I was playing. Whereas I did the same mission again later that night, I encountered a, that office, that type of enemy, I think a total of 15 times in those 30 minutes. So the, you know, special enemy types can change. Also, there's a special type called dozers, which are officers in uh, flat jacket gear that, you know, are armored from head to toe. Like I said, same time I had a match where only maybe a couple of them appeared to where a match where almost 20 appeared. And they take a ton of damage to put down. So it always keeps you on your toes. Never, No game scenario is going to go the same as it did before. And it keeps repeatability up high, really. All in all, the game is pretty fun. It's only worth 20 bucks. But here's the thing that goes with the uh, Pro, which I mentioned earlier with its crossovers. I think at the start, it only had... I think four and five heisters, and now it's doubled. It's uh, more than that. You have two female characters that were added into the group. You have three male characters that were added into the group. And then you have, I think, three more that were added. Four more that were added that are part of crossover events. And you have Brody from Point Break. Scarface from the Scarface movies, of course. Jimmy from the Hardcore Henry movie. Jacket from Miami Vice movie from the uh, Miami Vice video game. And oh, I forgot this one. Uh, Ron Perlman. Who, yes, they actually got Ron Perlman to voice and give his likeness for the game. And he, of course, plays. He is a biker heister. So you know, from his Sons of Anarchy. So. You get this badass biker who is voiced and looks like Ron Perlman, and it is freaking awesome. Since he is one of my favorite actors, he is one of the characters I use the most. And it's just hilarious hearing him go on and on about how we need to keep, you know, taking the money or stealing money. This is fun. So, yeah, there is a ton of options for heisters and DLC. Like I said, there are extra missions, like with the Goat Simulator heist. There are Point Break Heist. Granted, it sucks because it's from the new Point Break movie, the bro-centric one, where they're doing, like, the six trials of Pothicon or something. But one of the heists include, from the Point Break includes you skydiving because you're pushing money out of a cargo plane. It's pretty cool. Um, along with that is the, point, uh, the Hardcore Henry Heist, which are action-packed. The Biker Heists for the Ron Perlman, which kind of suck. And a ton of others that I can't really go into. There is a ton of DLC for this game, which is bad, but is good. The Crime Wave Edition, originally, like I said, starts out at 20 bucks, and that gives you the base game. The only con I have, to, I actually forgot to add, was the sixth, is that to get, I think, for the PS4 version, to get the Big Score Edition, which is kind of like the Season Pass is 40 bucks and that's a little steep but you can buy you can buy all the um, DLC packs individually and I think heisters themselves are only five bucks which I know is expensive but you get the character 
two unique two or three unique weapons and a couple unique masks with them and then heists themselves are seven bucks i think so you can either spend the 40 or outright or you can you know buy you know some here and there because you might like the Ron Perlman, you know, character, but you might not like the Hardcore Henry, you know, character pack. So it just kind of depends. You know, you can pick and choose or just buy them all outright, which is what I did. But I bought them individually because I wasn't going to pay 40 bucks outright. But all in all, it is a very fun game. The last thing I have to talk about is the thing that I am 50-50 on, which I've already talked about, was it was which is the RNG element to the game, which, can, like I said, can sometimes screw you. That's really the only kind of middle-of-the-road thing. It's not a negative, but it can be, and it's also a positive. But like I said, it is worth the 20 bucks. If you can buy it for cheaper, definitely. I think I bought my copy on the there of a PS4 sale, and I think I bought it for 5 bucks. You can find it for then, or if you want to wait for a sale, it's definitely able to pick up. If you're a PC player, it is on Steam for 10 bucks right now. I don't think they're having a deal on it. I know they're having a deal on the Crime Wave Edition for you guys, and it is $27.50. Because the Steam uh, Steam Store has the P, uh, Payday 2 from back in 2013, not the Crime Wave Edition, which is the remastered edition for PS4 and Xbox, Xbox One. From there, so thank you for listening to my review of that. I'm going to do another transition and go into the movie trivia, of course, that I normally do, and give you guys some upcoming news that I'm going to do with the podcast and some movie news and game news that I got, um, I've got wind of. As always, thank you guys again for listening. It means the world to me that you guys listen. You know, from you guys here on Anchor to on Spotify to my other, just uh, the other podcast websites that Anchor distributes too. It really means a lot. If you guys, like I always say, could like, thumbs up, share, subscribe, whatever you guys got to do to get the word out so people know about it to come uh, listen and mean a lot to me. For the movie trivia for today that I got. This has to deal with the house with a clock within its walls. Uh, Jack Black can actually be heard whistling the same Bach piece used in the Tenacious D movie for the song Classico that he sings with Kyle Gass. I did not know that, and that is funny because Classico is one of my favorite songs by them. It's just so funny. It makes me and my fiancé laugh because she loves the movie also, and it's actually a huge Tenacious D fan as well. Now, from there, I'm going to talk about what I want to do with the podcast I actually just got a computer, a desktop, so I'm going to try to work on using the editing software so I can get a better sound uh, quality, also, you know, cut out some of the run-on sentences I have, Some on sometimes the, you know, I mess up words sometimes, I mumble, just kind of, you know, cut that out so it's only the I only get the good parts of what I'm saying, or, you know, kind of cut out the boring parts where I seem to ramble on for quite a long time, you know what I mean? Just to kind of get that out of the way. I'm going to try to be working on that the next couple days. I don't know if I'll have it completely down pat when I do my next podcast, but I'm going to try to get that, 
worked out because I want to give you guys quality content and it's not really quality when I'm mumbling and or, you know, having trouble saying a word and just kind of keep messing it up. But with that, I do want to do some horror movie reviews for this month. I know earlier I said I kind of, I want to do one almost every other day to keep up kind of like Alison and Masker used to do their Monster Madness because I'm a huge fan of that and I've always loved what James does and I've kind of wanted to do it myself but with the wedding and those numerous problems I've been having it kind of couldn't happen but I am going to do another podcast and the movies that I have set up to review are kind of varied but they're all horror in a sense I'm going to give two away which include uh, Tucker, Dale vs. Evil, and then The Babadook. I'm going to do a review over those. Those are at least two for next time. I think the next podcast I'm going to do is going to be a solely movie review podcast. I have been playing Witcher 3 and Assassin's Creed Origin, but not enough to finish them and or do a review over either one. Solely because of work and the wedding, really. They've been eating up a bunch of my time. That's why one reason I couldn't do the podcast, but two was the phone, which is where I mostly... My phone being kind of destroyed, which is where I mostly record. But I've been able to play those because of work. Also, the second podcast of the month would be around the time of Red Dead 2 coming out. And I do want to do a review over that, but that's going to be so hard because... Or it's going to be really hard for me because if you guys who are into gaming, have looked up into it, there is going to be so much to do in that game, and I want to go through it thoroughly before I do a review over it. Also, it is a pig file, so I'm going to have to delete some of the games off of my PS4 to download the thing. It is a massive game file. But with all that being said... I'm going to, like I said, continue to try to give you guys uh, cover it, uh, better quality content. And I'm going to keep up with the content now since everything's kind of settling down with the wedding and all that stuff. Anyways, this is another Re- Real Thoughts with Chris episode. Thank you so much for listening.